0: Hi, in this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing patrolling inside. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with the Sheepdog Church Security Academy, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, Nooks and Crannies. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This verse is 1 Chronicles 9, verses 26 and 27, and it reads like this. For these Levites, the four chief porters, were in their set office and were over the chambers and treasuries of the house of God. And they lodged around about the house of God, because the charge was upon them, and the opening thereof every morning pertained to them. And so what this verse is talking about is clearly that the Levites were in charge of safeguarding um, the, the ark, the house of God. And in a lot of ways, that's what we're charged with doing too. And we need to be strategically placed and tasked with those responsibilities. And so good verse for us today as we're talking about patrolling the church with a real focus on inside the building for this episode. All right, so we have some news stories for you. Let's start out here. And these are the little notes that uh, Wesley put in the article. Kidnappers may hide in the church waiting for their chance to act. Okay, news story. Denver, Colorado, March 17, 1993. A man loitering in a church waiting for an available available child to take. A four-year-old boy left his dad to get a drink of water. The man had his chance. He grabbed the boy and left the church. Fifteen hours later, the boy was released on a country road. About two months later, a man matching the same description and driving the same kind of truck kidnapped and murdered a girl age five. DNA evidence positively tying the prime suspect to the case um, was unable to use until 2011, ten years after he died and 17, after 17 more kidnappings. Um, He had been discovered in a church and arrested. He would not not have killed the girl. So, once again, patrolling, paying attention, could have spared this little boy, and even more importantly, if he would have been caught when that little boy um, was a victim, then this little girl would have never been murdered. All right, next one. Uh, Look for signs of mold, stain, water stains, and other indications of repairs and maintenance needed. Okay, Monroe, Washington, 2018 through 19, classes at a public school in Monroe had to be relocated while outdated light fixtures were replaced and toxic PCB oil removed from floors and furnishing. Um, The ballast had been leaking coolants with PCB. Um, when teachers and students uh, who informed officials of the hazardous conditions. Okay, so another thing to be looking for, right? Other safety issues, other maintenance issues. That's actually part of our team, our responsibilities, because these could be dangerous situations. Some of our buildings are quite old. So is there asbestos? Is there other cancer-causing chemicals of, around? We have to be looking for that. Uh, Be alert for signs of hidden cameras. Oh, this is a wonderful one, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this. It's all going on all over the place. Uh, Pensacola, Florida, June 7, 2021. A youth minister in a church was arrested for mounting hidden cameras in restrooms. Later, he was also charged with child pornography. A teen boy first found and reported the camera. The use of hidden cameras for voyeurism has become a problem in churches and other uh, other public places. I know that's a thing, isn't that great? Um, I'm saying that sarcastically, if it's not obvious. Um, bombs can also be planted inside the church. We know this. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, February 19, 2023. A homemade pipe bomb, 18 inches long, was found on the railroad tracks behind a church. The police bomb squad removed it safely. Now, in that case, the church may have not been the intended target, but still, you know, anyone can go online these days and learn how to make a bomb. They quite possibly can. Now, if they don't blow up themselves, they could blow up somebody at the church. Uh, Robbers, fugitives, and mentally ill persons may hide in churches. This is the one we've covered before, Franklin Park, Illinois. April 2nd, 2019, a man from South Dakota drove his pickup truck to Hoffman Estates, left the truck there and went to a church in Franklin Park where he entered and went down to the basement. Family members tracking him called the police asking for a wellness check. Officers found the man hiding in a closet. When they tried to escort him out, he resisted until they tased him. He had two weapons with him. Three more were found in his truck. Uh, Winona, Texas, January 3, 2021. A man fleeing police Saturday evening went into the woods and then into a church. Sunday morning, the pastor came to get ready for the service. He went down, went into the restroom. He encountered the fugitive who was holding a, a church's ba- money bag. The pastor had a gun, uh, so he drew it and told the man to get out. The fugitive rammed the pastor and took his gun, with which he then shot and killed the pastor. Um, he also fired at the pastor's wife, who got away. He then stole the pastor's vehicle and drove away, only to get caught later. So this was a shooting in a church. You know, the pastor shows up, uh, finds the guy in the bathroom, pulls a gun, and basically the bad guy was able to wrestle the gun away from the pastor and then killed him with it. Um, So this is what we're, well, let me first say this. Before we continue, I just want to remind you to share this program with other people in your church, friends and family across the country. It doesn't matter. Let's get this information out. Any church, Well, all churches should have a safety ministry, Um, but certainly the ones that do have a safety ministry really have to look closely at patrol. And so share this and get this information out. Um, This is one, patrolling the church is one of the biggest oversights that I find with church safety ministries. A lot of church safety ministries out there, they have their armed volunteers. You know, maybe they go to the range on a regular basis, maybe they practice for active shooter situations, maybe they've done run-hide-fight training, maybe they've done lockdown practice and things like that, but then that's all they do. Now, don't get me wrong, active shooter situations are extremely important, but if we just prepare for that and just kind of do that bare minimum, well, what have we really accomplished? We've accomplished some, but have we accomplished everything that we need to accomplish? Part of being on a safety ministry is actively patrolling. And by active patrol, I mean patrolling before the service, patrolling during the service, and patrolling after. It's the eyes and ears of the safety team that are going to find uh, suspicious situations, things that need to be fixed, things that need to be addressed, that can then, now that it's being identified, it can be dealt with and solved and fixed. Or the if it's, you know, if it's a suspicious person, somebody's talking to them, interacting with them. If it's some other safety concern, you know, maybe it's just a carpet that curls up on the edge and it's only a matter of time before somebody trips on it. These are all part of our responsibilities as sheepdogs, as safety team members. And so this has to be a regular part. Of your calling, regular part of what we do in the church as a safety team, we need to be patrolling, and it has to be consistent. It's every, it's every Sunday or, or you know whatever day of the week where you have your main event, you know main events. You know some of you have week, you know during the week services and things like that. We need to be there before those events start. We need to start patrolling. We need to do a check of of the building and all that kind of stuff, and that way as people arrive, they're arriving to a safe place. Then while they're there, we're patrolling because something could happen, a suspicious person, a potentially violent person, could show up and we need to be alert and ready to respond to those situations. And then when the event's over and people are leaving, they need to be leaving into a safe area too. We've been watching their cars. We've been watching the parking lot. We've been doing that kind of stuff so they can leave and they're not waiting. There's no one out there waiting for an ambush or they're not going out there to find out somebody broke into their car, you know, those kind of things or stole their car. So we need to be out there. Some things for you to consider... Uh, the first one is being recognizable. And I know there's a little bit of controversy around this. A lot of people like the um, being in plain clothes when they're working as uh, sheepdogs, and that's fine. There's a lot of value to that. I often compare it to the difference between marked squad cars and unmarked squad cars. Unmarked squad cars are great for catching bad guys in the act of things. Um, it's, and that's the beauty. I mean, that's why they exist. They're trying to catch people in the middle catch them off guard. But at the same time, a Mark Squad car lets people know that there is someone that they can call, someone they can contact, someone they can wave down, someone they can approach if they have something going on. It also creates a sense of security, which sometimes is important if for no other reason than PR reasons, right, public relations. We want to know that there are safety people patrolling the grounds, and looking out for us. That makes a lot of people feel better. And so it's really about approachability. People know who you are, and, um, and it creates a sense of safety. Also, too, if somebody is casing the joint, or they're just there, and they're planning on doing something wrong, like there's a crime of convenience, then it's like, oh, I better be careful. They have safety here, and somebody could catch me in the act. So there's a deterrence factor to being recognizable. I've always liked the combination. I like people that have a shirt similar to mine where it's got like the church's logo and maybe it says safety ministry underneath. That's great. Um, And then also having people in plain clothes that are in the sanctuary and ready to respond, but um, they're, they're incognito, I guess. All right, next thing is while we're on patrol, we need to be properly equipped. Communication, communication, communication. Cell phones are great. Two-way radios are a lot better. As simple as that. It's immediate. There's no fumbling around. You hit a button, you're talking, and you're talking to everybody on a team. I love two-way radios. Flashlight, there are going to be places in the church that have the lights turned off or it's going to be a dark hallway or a stairwell and stuff like that. And even if they do have lighting in those areas, sometimes there's shadows that are created or, or a closet or something that has to be opened and you want a flashlight available to you. Um, something to take notes. Um, Wesley has pencil and paper, that's what I'm used to. You also put iPad, you know, taking notes on your phone or at least sending messages to the leadership. Hey, I just found there's, you know, the exit light is broken. You know, you can send that to the maintenance people so they can get it fixed. Um, Camera, taking pictures of problems is a great way to communicate problems. You know, going back to that curling rug, which is a situation I actually had. That's why I'm using it, right? You take a picture of it. You send it to maintenance and say, hey, this is becoming a tripping hazard. We need, you know, we need to either tack that corner down or whatever you're going to do. Get it fixed. Um, Speaking of iPhones and iPads and cell phones, We need to avoid distractions while we're patrolling. One of the things I experienced is once we got our patrol set up, my safety team members like to kind of collect in a certain area and they would just talk. And that's not patrolling. That's um, just hanging out and talking. And so we need to be patrolling. And, uh, you know, let's keep those conversations down to a minimum Um, if you have a system where maybe you have cameras and you can watch, I was talking to a gentleman not too long ago. He's got a safety team, and he's got cameras throughout the building. And what he'll do is if he's up there watching the cameras and he sees that they're kind of collecting and talking for a long time, he'll kind of call them out on the radio in kind of a funny but serious way and kind of remind them, hey, you know, uh, we need more than just that one little area to be safe. We need every place to be safe, and he gets them out there moving again. So, distractions. He also talked about taking pictures with his own phone of the monitor when somebody was sitting on their phone for too long, and then he'd text them that the the photograph. Kind of funny, but it's a way to keep moving, and that's part of being a leader of sheepdogs. Is you got to keep them going. Um, one other thing is don't disturb church activities while they're in progress. Um, That's why two-way radio should have the earpiece because the pastor and nobody else wants to hear your radio going off. Um, But not only that, as I had a a very aggressive former law enforcement officer who um, what he liked to do, and it's a good job to do, is what he liked to do is he liked to make sure at this one of our campuses had bottom windows that actually opened. And a lot of times, especially when the temperatures were good, people would open up those windows, get some fresh air in there and all that stuff. That's great. And he would want to go in there and shut them and lock them. Unfortunately, because he felt like there were so many windows on that lower floor that that had to be done with, he didn't want to spend 20, 30 minutes after the services going around locking. So he would start shutting and locking the windows while... Um, And the problem was the children's ministry. So he would just come waltzing in there while the teacher's still in the middle of a lesson and start shutting and closing the window. Obviously, that was disruptive. Um, We don't want to do that. Um, We are going to have to spend that extra time after they're done to close those windows. Um, And then make sure that you're patrolling the entire building. So this is where the kind of the nooks and crannies come in. We need to be looking in closets. Utility rooms, uh, maintenance rooms, back hallways, stairwells, um, behind the stage, Assuming, depending on how it's set up. Obviously, once again, we're not disturbing anything, but we want to be doing a thorough check. And doing a thorough check is good for a couple reasons. Number one, you'd be surprised what you find in some of these areas. Maybe nobody's been there for a while, but there's some... Flammable material that was left behind, you know, a gallon of gas or, you know, whatever. Um, there are things that you find. Maybe it's electrical issues. Maybe it's stuff. But also, too, if your church has teenagers, sometimes they like to find those out-of-the-way areas and doing a do a little kissing if you will. So we need to make sure that we're checking all of those areas. We're also looking for bad guys that might be hiding out until the church closes, so they can then rob everything out. That's certainly happened. you know. So we want to be looking. The other benefit is this, is the more you as a safety team member become familiar with the facilities, all of those nooks and crannies, you can maneuver through it faster. You know about good hiding spots if you are looking for somebody. Um, or a lost child that might be messing around. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons for you to know your building as well as the maintenance guy does, if not better. So get out there, patrol. This also goes back to um, distractions, or uh, I'm going to add in boredom. Sometimes the reason we're distracted by our phones and conversations with people is that patrol can be a little bit boring. However, if you actually actively patrol and you are hitting all those nooks and crannies, all of the entire building, you're going to kill a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of, it'll keep your mind working for a long period of time. And so uh, there's plenty to look for, plenty to do um, if we're actively patrolling. So that's essentially it. Patrol, patrol, patrol. Don't be that church. That you have a safety team, and you're not patrolling. You know we've talked about before. If you're if all your if all your motivation is completely active shooter, then at minimum you should be patrolling outside. Because three out of four violent intruders start outside. So if that's your primary, you need to spend three fourths of your shift walking the parking lot and around the building. And then. If you've done that and you're covering that well with cameras and patrol, then it's getting on the inside. And knowing that facility, if for no other reason, if there is a violent intruder and things start to happen, they're happening fast, and maybe this person isn't one that just wants to die. Maybe they're trying to avoid you. So now it's a game of hide and seek. And they shouldn't be able to do a better job at hiding than you are at finding them. So patrol, patrol, patrol. Um, finally, if you like this video, please like, comment, share. Um, let's get it out there. Um, other than that, thank you so much for joining us this week. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.